Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Welcome to this episode. I am really excited to share sort of my experience with you from running the half marathon. If you listen to this show regularly, you have heard me talk about the fact that in the past year, I have been in the process of this crazy thing of training for a half marathon. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the background, but on January 22nd, I actually ran 13.1 miles. Now, I have found that this experience has so many ties into business and into entrepreneurship and into just having that stick to that it takes to be able to accomplish anything in life that I really wanted to share this with you. And I haven't, I didn't want to do it like right after the race. I wanted to give myself a couple of weeks to let the whole thing sink in. And then I wanted to come and just share with everybody who listens to cool things entrepreneurs do what this experience was really about for me. So the background on this is I have never been a runner. Y'all know I'm 50 years old. Uh, I, you know, have worked hard in my career, but I hadn't really taken a lot of effort to take care of myself physically over the past 20 or 30 years. And even as a kid, I wasn't really a runner. If anyone listens to this show who went to junior high and high school with me, I mean, Coach Morgan, the junior high coach at Foothills Middle School, he actually called me a lard ass one time. Now, Fast forward to 2017, I don't think a middle school coach is allowed to call a student a lardass. But if you go back to the 1970s, that was par for the course. And I was one of these kids. I was a little bit of a fat kid. I certainly was not a natural athlete. I did not like to run. I didn't like exercise. And it didn't help when the coach told you you were useless when it came to your physical ability. So I never really did much. Now, in high school and college, my metabolism kicked in and I was tall and skinny and I could eat and I could drink and I could do everything else. And I never really struggled with my weight. Then when I was 30, it sort of slowed down, but I only put on about 30 pounds. And at six foot three, nobody would have said, oh my God, that guy's huge. So it never really was a priority for me. But what happened to me was last year, starting about this time, it was February of last year, I decided for Lent, I grew up Catholic and I, and I like to give something up for Lent. I think it's a great exercise in, you know, showing just the ability to, to set your mind to something and to make sacrifice and to do it. And so in the past, I've given up alcohol, I've given up caffeine, I've given up sweets. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went vegan for the entire, it's 40 some odd days of Lent. This last year, I had read an article about processed sugar and wheat, and if you struggled with weight, that those two things in the diet were way over the recommended levels. So I made the decision for Lent in 2016, I was going to give up processed sugar and wheat. And it's hard that wheat and sugar sneak their way into everything. But I did it. I allowed myself like 15 grams of sugar a day if it came in a bag, a box, a can, or a bottle. Everything else had to be fresh. Now, I didn't worry about the sugar that was in strawberries or pineapple or whatever. I just ate fresh fruits and vegetables. I ate a lot of meat. But giving up wheat meant I couldn't eat bread. Now, 
I still wanted carbs. I didn't think going carb-free was the way to go, so I ate oats and rice and potatoes, but I gave up all the wheat and all the processed sugar. And in that 40-some-odd-day period, I lost 12 pounds, and I hadn't changed anything in my diet. And about the time Easter was rolling around, I, I had to buy new pants. And my daughter, who I talk about once in a while on the show, I have two wonderful daughters. My older daughter, who at the time last year was a college freshman, she called me and asked if I would do her a favor, if I would help her train for a half marathon. Now, she's not a runner either. Now, she's an athlete. She plays ultimate frisbee. She's on the school's team. Uh, she is now a pretty avid skier, but she's not a long distance runner. And she decided she wanted to undertake this, one, for the health benefits, but two, just because it was something nobody would expect from her. And, and she didn't want to just do things people expected. She wanted to be a little bit out of the box. And I admired that. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm not a runner. I don't know that I could run a half marathon. My knees aren't that strong. I had every excuse in the book of why this wasn't going to happen. But she sent me an article that said, if you could run two or three miles comfortably, you could train for a marathon. There were ways to train you up in interval training over about 16 to 20 weeks where you could actually do this. And I read the article and I did my own research and I came back and I thought, you know what, I'll try this. So I started running and the first time I ran a quarter mile and my knees hurt and I couldn't go any farther. But over the course of like March through late May, I was able, by running three and four days a week, just short distances, I was able to get up to about two and a half miles pretty comfortably. So when she got home for summer break, I told her, I said, Jackie, I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to train for the half marathon. And her response was, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. You see, she was going to join a sorority in the fall, and she had an officer role on the Ultimate Frisbee team, and there was going to be a bunch of tournaments, and she had a new boyfriend, and she just didn't want to make the commitment that was involved, because it was several hours a week to be able to train throughout the fall to do a race in January or February. And my wife said, you know what? Why don't you do it anyway? Why don't you do it without her? You know, you've lost this weight. You're getting healthier. Why don't you just undertake it and see what you can do? So throughout the summer, I continued to run. And I thought, let's see if I can get to five miles. And somewhere across the summer, I started to like it. I traveled to Chicago and I traveled to Charleston. And I would go out for a run in these cities, whether I was there on vacation or I was there to give a speech. I would carve out a half hour or 45 minutes or an hour. And I would go for a two, three, four, five mile run. And I remember thinking, this is great. And so in September, I made the commitment to run the 3M half marathon in Austin. Now, what's great, I didn't know this, but it's it's a fairly flat course. They actually call it downhill to downtown. It's not a loop. It's a one-way course. It's mostly sort of an even grade, and if you were to look at it, it's more downhill than up, although you're not really running downhill. It's all pretty flat. So I made a good choice, and then I went through, and I found a program where for 16 weeks, I would run four days a week, and it would be like Tuesday, three miles, Thursday, four. On Saturday, you'd do five, and then one or two on Sunday. And then every week, those numbers got a little higher, especially the Sunday run. And as it got closer to the race, I was doing five miles on Tuesday, five miles on Thursday. And then on Saturdays, it was eight, the next week, nine, the next week, 10, the next week, 11, the next week, 12. And I would love to tell you that I enjoyed it. And I did not, but I did it. And on January 22nd, I ran this race and around mile 11, I thought I was going to die. My legs hurt. But you know what? I was still able to breathe. I wasn't keeled over in pain. And at about mile, you know, 11 and a half, 12 and a half miles, 
I knew I was going to finish this race, and I just kicked it in. And I'd love to say I was fast. It took me two and a half hours to run that course. But you know what? It didn't matter. This wasn't about time. It was about running. And my knee hurt, but I pushed through. And at the end of the race, it felt great. But here's the thing. The more I look at this experience over the last year and I connect it back to everything that I'm speaking about now where I'm talking to people about reaching their potential, when I really look at it, here's the amazing thing. Yeah, I'm 50 years old, but I've always been a somewhat healthy. I mean, I was a little overweight, but I never had any serious medical problems. I've always had the potential to run a half marathon. I just never did it. And I start thinking about this, that, yeah, it's a great accomplishment at 50, but I could have done this at 20. I could have done it at 30. I could have done it at 40. I just never did because there's a huge gap in our lives between our potential and the results that we achieve. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about what I call the paradox of potential. And I talked about this on a previous podcast, but it ties so into my experience now that I'm a runner. And before I really get into it, I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. And as you know, if you're a regular listener, this episode is brought to you, like all the others, by Podfly Productions. I got to tell you, Podfly Productions has been one of the greatest partners I've ever worked with in my career. For the last two and a half years, over 230 episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, they have been my production company. I never could have started this show without them because they do all the technical work to make sure that this show sounds great. They get it out there on the air, and I'll tell you what, they are fabulous to work with. So if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, you have to jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I can't say it enough. They're fantastic. So here's my thoughts about really looking at this whole concept of potential in relationship to my half marathon. And, and this works for any individual. It also works for organizations. What I'm finding is, like associations who have events, we're applying this paradox of potential. We're applying it not to people, but we're applying it to the event. The event has so much potential, but there's a gap to the results that they're having. And it's all working the same. If you're aware of sort of these things that hold people and groups back, it's so much easier to get through them, to get over this gap. However, here's the thing. You can't just talk about it. Talk is cheap, and we always talk about our dreams. We write business plans. We, you know, we do all kinds of stuff to say, here's what we're, here's what our potential is. Here's what we're capable of doing. But if we're not taking action and we're not getting that level of results, then it really doesn't matter. So I want to tie this into your business adventure. I know a lot of people who listen to the show. I know that that your entrepreneurs are ready, or maybe you're a solopreneur like I am. You're just trying to piece together in this gig economy, or or maybe you have a job and you just want to be more successful in that job, or or you have a side hustle that you want to turn into a real thing, a real career that you can build on. Here are you know I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things that are probably keeping you from reaching your full potential. And the first one is a lack of focus. Now, we all have, you know, we have so many things that can distract us. And we're going to talk in a minute about the distractions that are out there, but it's not the distractions fault that we're not focused. The reality is, is we know what we have to get done. And in regards to my race, I knew 
that I had to do certain things. I had downloaded a plan of my run, that four days a week that I talked about. And if I skipped too many days, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work because it had to build on itself. And as I got into it, I told you just from changing my diet during Lent, I had lost 12 pounds. Over the next four months, I lost 12 to 15 more. I'm down about 30 pounds from where I was a year ago because of the combination of the diet and the running. And what happened is, is the more I got focused on running and the more I got focused on what it was doing to my body and the way that my body was functioning and the weight that I was carrying, it absolutely changed the way I focused on my priorities of what I needed to get done. I knew I had to do those runs in the order that the plan called from, called for. But then it also led me to wanting to go to the gym and do other things on days I wasn't running. My focus became very clear that I could do this race, but at the same time, I could change my health for the better. And here's the thing that happened. I needed to get some new life insurance because as you get older, policy expires. New policies are really expensive. And I was really kind of unhappy with the, the cost of one of my life insurance policies. So I had to go out and get a new policy. And they make you do a physical and they send someone to your house and they draw your blood and they take your blood pressure. I had always in the past been healthy, but not the highest level of healthy because of my focus on my diet and exercise, even at my age of 50, I came back as like the highest ranked you can be by the life insurance people. And my broker, by the way, if you ever need a life insurance broker, if you're looking for life insurance because you have a family and you're scared, what if something happens to me? What if that bus drives by and hits me? You know, can I take care of the family? Call me, email me, write me, send me smoke signals. I have the greatest guy. I don't know if he can work outside the state of Texas or not, but I have the greatest guy. And he was actually on this show before. His name is Danny O'Connell, and he actually uh, has changed companies since he was on this show. So contact me, and I can get you his contact information. But my focus got me a really high rating, which gave me more options and a lower price on that on that uh, life insurance. So there was actual benefits that came from my being so focused on that. So that's the first thing. The second thing that can derail you from reaching your potential is the fear of failure. I can tell you that the thought of running 13.1 miles, I never even attempted it before because I thought I would fail. And if you tell people, hey, I'm going to undertake this and then you can't do it, then you have to live up to that. I was really scared when I first decided I was going to do it that I was just going to flop, that it was going to be a disaster, that I was going to hurt myself. And early on, my knees were giving me trouble, and I thought, this is never going to work. And I had already told people, and I was really concerned about it. But as I started to see those changes, and as my focus changed, I thought, you know what, it's going to be okay. And as, as the date of the marathon got closer, I got very worried. I got very worried about the weather. What if the weather, what if it iced or what if it rained and I wasn't able to do the race? What, you know, what, what then do I just go out and run 13.1 miles on my own the next weekend and say I did it? Do, do I do the Austin half marathon a month later? That's a really hilly course that I hadn't trained for. I was really worried about all kinds of things that could have gone wrong. And you know, that morning it was a little chilly and it was a little windy, but I had nothing to worry about because I was ready and because I did everything right. So don't let fear allow you to talk yourself out of doing what it is you got to do. Now, the next thing is not having a plan. 
I downloaded something off the internet that showed me my 16-week plan, and I made the commitment that I was just going to do it. And if you look back, I, I, I printed out a little grid, and it basically said what my Tuesday runs were, what my Thursday runs were, what my Saturday runs were, my short Sunday runs, and I went through and I always did what it said. There was one week where I was supposed to do a 10-mile run, and I just didn't have the time because I was running about 10 or 11-minute miles, and I didn't have that extra 20 or 30 minutes, so I did an 8-mile run, and there was another day where uh, it was icy cold outside and I was supposed to do a five-mile run on a Thursday and I just went to the gym and did three on the treadmill. But other than those two, I lived up to what that plan said. I worked the plan in a way that I don't think I've ever worked a plan. And the results were I was ready for that race because I had a plan and I knew what I had to do. I was absolutely ready for it. So the fourth thing that can throw you off is distractions. Now, we live in a world where there are so many distractions. I mean, just look at your phone right now. You're most likely to listen to this podcast on iTunes on your phone. Guess what? You could jump over to Facebook. You could listen to somebody else's podcasts. You could uh, surf Twitter. There's all kinds of things you can do rather than going and doing what you have to do. So what I did is I just scheduled it. I scheduled my runs. I knew what time of day I was going to go based on what my travel schedule was, based on where in the country I was going to be, and based on my family commitments. I just made sure that there was nothing that was going to pull me off of that. Now, it was great because I could listen to podcasts and I could have sometimes even uh, calls when I was running because I could, you know, once I got to the point that I wasn't breathing too heavy, I could call a friend. Now, I wasn't going to call a client while I was out hoofing it, but I could actually run. And if somebody didn't mind, we could have like a 20 minute talk while I was out running. So, you know, I made a way to use that running so I wouldn't get dis distracted because of it. But then I worked the plan. The fifth one is. People can't get past their past. Now, I'll tell you what, being called a lardass by your coach when you're a kid doesn't put a lot of confidence into you that you can go out and run at the level that it takes to run 13.1 miles. But you know what? I had to get past my own past. And all of us face this in business. I was talking to someone the other day and they never graduated college and they were allowing that to be an excuse that was keeping them from moving forward. But here was the thing. They have their own business. It didn't matter. Their clients never once never once asked to see a copy of their transcript. Get over whatever's holding you back in the past. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you didn't go to Harvard. It doesn't matter if you didn't graduate college. It doesn't matter if you got fired from your last job. And it doesn't matter if you don't have the background or the experience yet to do whatever your dream is. Get over your past and take action. That's what I had to do as a runner. Early on, I was interviewed when I first started running by my friend who has a podcast called The Runified Podcast. Now, he only really interviews professional runners, but he interviewed me too. And one of the questions he asked was, do you consider yourself a runner? And if you go back and listen to it, I think it's episode five of The Runified Podcast. My answer was, no, oh my gosh. Right before the 3M half marathon, I ran into him and he had his recorder with him and he asked me a few questions about the race. And one of the questions is, do you now consider yourself a runner? And the answer was, yes, I do. I've gotten over my past that I was the lard ass fat kid who couldn't do the running and I just did it. The next thing to hold you back is similar to the distractions and the lack of focus, and that is procrastination. Procrastination can kill you in your business. If you want to start your own venture, if you want to get out there and find success, you cannot put it off. We only have so many days 
of our lives. We only have so much time on our plate. And if you procrastinate saying, yeah, I really want to start my own business, but now's not the time. When is the time? Next year's not going to be the time. You know, it takes years to get these things going. I have a friend who's a realtor and he's just been in the business for one year. And I can tell he's getting frustrated because he's only had a couple of sales and he's only worked with a few people on leases. But the thing is, it takes time. And if you put it off, it's still going to take you time. It's going to take you three to five years to really get a business venture going and make it stable. God, I wish it was quicker, but my experience was like four years before I really believed I could do it in this business. And if you put it off, it's still going to take you four years. It's just going to be that much longer until you get to that place where you're going to find success. So you cannot put off doing the work. You have to jump in and do what it takes every single day. Now, the next thing on the list is naysayers. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who tell you you can't. I had people all around me say, ooh, half marathon, that's really hard. I don't know if you've never run. Your knees at your age. So many people came forward and told me, oh, you know, be careful of your knees. We actually have a history of not really strong knees in my family. And one of my brothers was like, oh, be really careful with your knees. You know what? My knees are stronger today than they've ever been in my life. I was doing some lunges at the gym, things I could never do, and it's all because of this running. And so the naysayers who said, oh, at your age, you're going to hurt your knees, you're going to blow yourself out. I had one person who's a great mentor to me here in town who said, oh, I've been watching your runs on the thing. What's going to happen is you're going to push yourself too hard and you're going to blow your knees out. Well, that's the thing is I never pushed myself too hard. I followed the plan and I worked it. But I always made sure that I wasn't doing anything that was going to put this in danger. So the naysayers had all kinds of reasons of why things could go wrong. And I just didn't listen to them. That doesn't mean I went crazy. I was very cautious as I went through this. And that's what you have to do in business. You have to be cautious. But you don't have to worry about every little thing the naysayers tell you. Because the naysayers are really just trying to talk themselves out of whatever's holding them back. The next thing on the list that keeps you from getting to your potential is people so easily get stuck in their comfort zone. I'll tell you what, it was so much more comfortable to drink sugary drinks at Starbucks. I got to tell you, a caramel macchiato is delicious, but it's like 400 calories. An Americano is like five calories. So leaving out the whole milk and leaving out the, the, the flavored syrup, syrup and the caramel takes away a lot of the delight. And a lot of the comfort that comes from having that. And then if you get to have it with a muffin or a loaf of pumpkin bread, I mean, come on. What's more comfortable than going to Starbucks and eating a muffin and some pumpkin bread and having a sugary drink? However, I will tell you, my comfort zone left me 30 pounds overweight, left me suffering from asthma. I didn't even talk yet about how I kind of have cleared up my asthma, knock wood, from the running and from the choices I've made. But because I wasn't obese, I mean, I was 30 pounds overweight, but at six foot three, nobody ever said anything about it. I was fat and fat and happy. My comfort zone was I like to eat. I like to eat a lot of bread. I love to have sweets. I didn't like to run. I wanted to watch TV. I wanted to just sit there. And yet that wasn't the best place for me to be. This running actually turned out to be something that has helped me in so many different ways. So don't let your comfort zone hold you back. Know what your goals are. We've talked on this show so many times before about setting goals and working towards them. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So get out of your comfort zone. The next to last one on this list is it's just not your priority. And you know what? 
that's okay. I talk to a lot of people in business who they want to start their own thing, but they can't right now. They have young children. They have a commitment. They're a single mom and the children come first. You know what? That is okay. Just be honest with yourself that you're trying to get to a certain place, but right now that place is not your priority. Don't pretend it's your priority when you know that it's not your priority. So you don't have to be fighting for the best business all the time, but just be really honest with yourself. And if it's a priority, get off your butt and go make it happen. If it's not your priority, let it be part of your plan that for today, this isn't my priority. And then the final thing that can hold you back as an individual, as an organization from reaching your potential that can keep you stuck in the rut or on the other side of that gap between results and your actual potential, what you can actually achieve is you simply don't have the right support system. You don't have the right network. And here's the thing when it came to my run, if my wife hadn't been 100% behind me and if the kids hadn't been cheering me on and kind of excited that I had taken this on, I don't know that I could have done it. It would have been too easy to fall back into the comfort zone and the time commitment. You know, a 12-mile run was taking me over two hours. That meant every Saturday as I got up into those 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-mile runs, every single Saturday, my wife and, and my kid who lives at home had to be willing for the fact that I would wake up and I would be gone for several hours. And then it took me a while to recover. You know, when you're when you're the fat and happy guy, you don't just go out and run 10 miles and then come back and go, ha ha, you got to come home and nap. You got to take a bath in ice because your legs hurt so bad. This was a huge commitment, but my wife and both my daughters and so many of my friends were, were really behind me. My friend Ed Cozen was right there running with me. I mean, we tried to do it once a week. We probably only did it five or six times, but he would meet me after work and we would go out for those three, four and five mile runs. And he's been an athlete his entire life. And he was there to cheer me on. So I was really lucky in the fact that I had the right support system. Same thing has been true for the last eight years in trying to build my business. I have a whole series of friends and my wife and my kids who have been behind me, who have not been naysayers, who haven't allowed me to get distracted. They haven't let my fears take over. They haven't you know, thought that my comfort zone was the right place for me. And they allowed me to make my business a priority, just like they allowed me to make this running a priority. So if you are worried about, you know, how am I going to do this? You can't do it alone. I talk a lot on this show about being a solopreneur, but I'm not really solo. I am not alone in what I am trying to take on. There are so many people who are standing shoulder to shoulder with me in all of my efforts, in my, in my personal life, in this running, supporting my family, in this business that I'm trying to do for this podcast. There are so many people who are there helping me along the way that you have to make sure you're identifying who is it? Who is it who is there with me? Who is it who is helping me? Who is it that's leading by example? And who's there to kick you in the butt a little bit? I talk a lot about my mastermind group of, of three other speakers who we meet a couple times a year. And I know that that always gets a lot of res, uh, resonates really well with the people who listen to the show because I've had so many people write me emails and say, I want to start a mastermind group. Tell me more about your group. I'll tell you what, that group not only are they behind my speaking business and what I'm trying to do, but every time they saw me over the course of the last year, they praised me in the transformation that I've gone through with my eating and my running and, and my whole physical being. They've noticed the fact that I'm more enthusiastic. Uh, they, they think I look younger. I don't know if I look younger. You can see the wrinkles a little bit more when you get rid of the fat, but they're there behind me. 
make sure that you have that support system. And, and not everybody has it in their spouse. Sometimes spouses can be just the opposite of that. And you know what? That's okay. You don't have to get a divorce. You just have to find other people who can be there to lift you up. I've been fortunate. My wife is there. My friends are there. I have these business partners in my mastermind group. You know, there are just so many people, my kids, who are there cheering for me on the side of the race, my wife and one of my kids and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law and then my friend Doug who I ran with and his wife and his daughter were all there with signs cheering me along. And that's the what I feel I have from all these people when I'm trying to build my business. So running has been an amazing metaphor for my life and my business. And in the last year, I have fully transformed. I shared with you, if you've been listening to this show for a couple of years, that last year I discovered that I was dealing with just some sadness. I don't like to call it depression because I don't think that honors people who struggle with real depression, but I was bummed out. I was just kind of, you know, I couldn't even put my finger on it. I just wasn't living up to, to wasn't living up to my potential and I wasn't doing all that I could do. And I shared a little bit on the show about how I was working through that. And now, a year later, I feel a lot better. I don't know that it's perfect. I don't know that I'm happy 24-7, but I do know that I've turned a corner and I've come a long way in this area, and a lot of it has to go back to the running, not just from the standpoint of what I've learned from the running, but I think how physically it has made me feel. So I wanted to come on and, and do a whole episode where I shared the journey of my going from not being a runner to running quite often to feeling like a runner to then running 13.1 miles. And since the race, it's been like three weeks, I'm still running Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, I'll be honest, I have no desire to do another half marathon, and everybody told me, most people, said after you do the half, you're gonna wanna do the whole. You know what? That is not a priority. That is not something I wanna do, and I don't even think I wanna do another half marathon. But I continue to run three to five miles at a time three to four days a week, and I want to continue with the health that I've created, keeping the weight off. I don't want to put the weight back on, and I want to just continue feeling like I can take on the world. I believe that the gap between my potential and my results is going to be really, really small in 2017, and I want the same thing for you. Now is the time to join the Cool Things Project. If you have listened to this all the way through and you want to get involved, you know what the Cool Things Project is. It's the group coaching program that I put together. This is the year to do it. And then finally, if you've listened all the way through to this point, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm doing a little contest in the month of February. You have to do some homework. You got to go to my blog. You got to find the post about the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research. And that is the endowment that we started at Dell Children's Hospital. All you have to do is donate any amount in the month of February and you'll be and let me know that you did. Donate the amount and then send me an email or a text or a tweet saying that you did and you'll be entered into a drawing and I'm going to give away an hour of free coaching to somebody who listens to this show. But what the Kate Singer Endowment is, is it's the endowment that we started for cranial facial research because my youngest daughter, Kate, who was born with a, an issue where the bones in her skull had fused together, her entire top of her, part of the top of her skull had to be removed when she was six months old. And, and it was a horrible time that we went through. But what has happened is, is she, the bones grew back. She's fine. She's 15. She's beautiful. And we started 10 years ago giving to this cause and raising money. And over the years, it's added up to like $60,000. And so I want to encourage you, if you listen to this show, 
Go make a donation, even $5, $10, $25. It could be $100. And I'm going to enter everybody into a drawing, and one person's going to get an hour of coaching uh, who plays that game of helping me take small amounts and grow it into something big. Because one in like 3,000 kids is born with some sort of a craniofacial abnormality, and it is no fun when you're a parent of a new baby and they have to have that kind of surgery. I just wanted to share that with you. So we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.